How's it going, folks? My name is Matthew Dvorak, and welcome to the Chivo Effect. Every week, I'll be bringing you the biggest stories in sports and break them down along with me and all my friends. Let's get right into it. This week, I got my friend, producer, and co-host Sam Gladen back at it with us. How you doing? And we got our good buddy, Nathan Balls, a.k.a. Sources. Shout out to you, guy. Hey, how's it going, Niall? Going good, buddy. Good to have you here. So Good to be here. Yes, sir. Now, we got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to break down the playoffs a little bit in the NBA starting. We got the Julio Jones. We got some MLB talk for you. And, of course, Sam's going to lead us off at the end with a little bit of uh, wrestling, combat fighting, and all that good stuff. Let's jump right into it. Nathan, I know you're big in the NBA, buddy, so talk to me. What's been going on this week in the playoffs? How are we looking so far? We're looking awesome. A lot. There's going to be a lot of competition, especially in the 4-5, 3-6 matchups. Um, first thing i start off with is the Chris Paul injury. Chris Paul got injured with a right shoulder contusion. That's his shooting arm. And he sat out the fourth quarter of the game two between the Suns and the Lakers. So what? And that happened in game one, yeah? Yeah, he was hurt in game one. He came back to finish the game, and the Suns finished game one with a win. Game two came around, and it was 93-92 with about eight minutes left. And there is no Chris Paul. Chris Paul is their leader on offense. He sets up the offense. And on defense, he makes sure everyone's in their place. And without them, they look lost. So unless Chris Paul comes back, I expect an early upset for the Lakers over the Suns, which, I mean, isn't really that much of an upset, seeing that they're the reigning champions. But coming in, having to play in the play-in tournament, it's, a, it's kind of a big surprise to see them, if they can jump ahead, over the Suns early on. It's a big ask. I mean, but we, one, you didn't expect Chris Paul to get hurt. Obviously, that's a big blow to the Suns there. Honestly, in his entire playoff career, he has been hurt, though. When Houston made a run a couple years ago, he got hurt. That, and they that lost hamstring. That mm-hmm. Yep. And, I mean, in the Clipper, at the time of those Clippers, he was never able to, you know, make it through a couple, like a whole playoff run healthy. So, if this is another thing, we're going to probably see it for the rest of his career. I mean, that's how he's going to be known. His legacy is being hurt in the playoffs and not being able to complete the, you know, the championship. And that's going to be really, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player with the number of assists he has, but it's hard to see a player like that, you know, been taken off the court for, you know, his body. Being able not be able to finish him out because he just, yeah, your body keeps betraying you in one way or another, whether it's your legs, your arms, or whatever the case is. It's just I his mean, body, you know. I mean, point God for a reason. Definitely a great guy. I mean, and he, he's had a, a weird couple of years. I mean, you got to think last year he got shipped out from Houston after James Harden shipped him out and said, you're not the answer. I want Russell Westbrook. And, of course, we all know how that ended. But he goes to OKC in that trade. Really didn't expect much out of that team. I mean, they got, they got SGA out of the Clippers deal, who's still really young and developing. And they ran all the way to the playoffs and made a, what, the fifth seed last year? I, so, it was four or five. It was, they were middle. Yeah. It was a pretty good the, run. Middle of the Western Conference, no less. So, Exactly. So, you know, I, I think Chris Paul really brings a lot to a team because not only is he a leader on the court, but I'm sure in the locker room he is just amazing. The next thing I wanted to talk about uh, was Donovan Mitchell. He sat out game one of the Memphis Jazz Series, 
and the Memphis upset the number one overall seed, Utah Jazz. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is supposed to come back game two, and we're going to really see how the Jazz can, you know, bounce back. You know, I expect a lot from Donovan Mitchell. He's like the star of the team. So, I mean, yes, they have a six-man-of-the-year winner in Jordan Clarkson, which was just announced the other day, and they have a defensive player of the year finalist in Rudy Gobert. So I expect a lot out of the Jazz, and I'm actually really surprised and actually really glad to see John Morant, Triple J, and Jonas Valanciunas really step up. And they're on a hot streak. That's three games in a row. They had to win two games in the play-in tournament, which one against was Steph Curry. You know, that was a big win for them. And now they're in the playoffs. They're fighting. They already got one win up on the number one overall seed. So I'd love to see that for the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are – they were in a rebuild. You get John Moran with the number two overall pick, and you didn't – people expected a lot of him, but I think he's living up to that expectation every bit of it and more. He is an absolute dog, and he is going to be a perfect face of this next generation that they have. I mean, because, you know, it, Nathan, if you remember, they've always been the grit and grind. They always had Tony Allen. Yeah, you Mike had Zebo. Yeah, Zebo getting dirty down low. You had Mark Gasol, the big Spaniard. I mean, it was a very – just defense oriented. We're going to grind this out till the end and we'll wear you down. Yeah. These guys, big men, they're, they're dogs. Now John Morant is a dog. He is going to come in. Dude, I'm and, telling you, go ahead. They have so many. Yeah. They have like multiple players that are just, you know, hardworking Dylan Brooks, their starting shooting guard for the past two years. He's led the league in fouls. He will, he's not, he's not scared. He's not scared to get in there. And so, you know, <laughs> Seeing that, and Jonas Valanciunas, who was with the Raptors a couple years ago, he's been in Memphis for the past two years. He's he had twenty three and twenty three against the um, the Warriors, which was a big game. That's that's a those are big boy stats. And you know, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s there, and uh, Mike Conley, who's playing for the Jazz now. He's the starting point guard for the Jazz. He played in Memphis for those grit and grind years. So it's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another, you know, interesting backstory, you know, that goes on back and forth between them. I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it's an exciting series, but I was going to ask you real quick before you get on, how do you feel about Donovan Mitchell and what, what's going on with this training staff thing? You know, he apparently the word is that he was good to go and like he was ready to play, but the training staff sat his ass down. I think what that is, is, you know, a young superstar in the making and they're just being super cautious. Dude, you've seen a lot of injuries in the playoffs this past couple years. Kem Durant went down really bad a couple years ago. Klay Thompson's been out two years in a row now. And if I'm a young superstar, or sorry, if I'm a management for a young superstar, I'm I'm worried. You know, I do not want to see a big injury take out my best player. And Donovan Mitchell is hands down the best player in the Utah Jazz organization. Correct. I would agree with there. I mean, it, you have Rudy Gobert, your two-time, I guess, is he three-time defensive player of the year now, Rudy Gobert? Uh, I don't think they've announced – I don't know if they've announced it this year, but I believe he's the favorite to win it this year Okay. if he hasn't won it already. So back-to-back, possibly next year, possibly this year as well. So, I mean, but yes, I would agree that Donovan – And for the probably the next three or four years too, yeah. If Between him and Giannis, maybe – I mean, maybe – I don't know who else it would be at this point, but – those seem to be your front runners about the ben past Simmons four or five years. Too. Yes, Ben Simmons, I would agree. If if they get any further Actually, in the playoffs, I don't playoffs, think that's so much, can, but that's uh, I don't that's think Ben Simmons is that great of a defender, but that's, that's just, just you. That's just you. I'm not a big okay, Ben Simmons enough. fan, so. I mean, three is non-existent. I mean, we can get to the 76ers too. 76ers, Wizards, I don't expect much out of this series. I mean, Philly is going to spank that ass every which way. Russ is going to Russ. I mean, the triple doubles are great, but, you know, I've said this to you for years. 
those triple doubles look great, man. Those triple double seasons averaging three out of four of the past years or three out of the past four seasons averaging a triple double. They look great on paper, but it needs to translate into wins. He's almost made the triple double not not cool, but not as cool. It's it's so I, common now with him that it's hard to even get excited about it sometimes because you're like, eh, I mean, OK, but you lost, you know, right. It's the wins that matter in basketball. The triple doubles do look nice, especially now he, he's the number one all time in triple doubles. Congratulations. Right. But when it's not adding to wins, I mean, those are just stats. So you're just adding, you know, stat. Uh, you're stat padding. Stat padding. That's the word I was looking for. And not just that. I mean, he is, if you ever look at his box score sometimes, he is horribly inefficient at times getting those triple doubles. When you're getting 25 points, but you're taking damn near 25 shots, that is awful. That's not terrible. No. And Bradley Beal looks nice too, but in the Wizards, but those two, it's those two versus, you know, a stacked stacked Philadelphia has got like eight players that are, you know, starting caliber, including Mm -hmm. our boy Steph Curry. Seth Curry. Seth Curry. There you go. So I would agree with you there 100%. Well, let me tell you else. What do you think about the uh, the Trailblazers and the Nuggets? Should be a good one, interesting one. Yeah, I'm in Portland now, so I'm in the Portland area. So I gotta I gotta shout out the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I mean, it looks like it's gonna be a good long series. You know, it's already one one. You know, that was in Denver too. So we're coming back to Portland these games. Um, I noticed that whenever Portland isn't making their three pointers, that's how that's how the series is gonna go. Is depending on the Trailblazers three-point shooting, you know, because if Mello and Norman Powell are hitting those threes as like, and Covington, if those three are hitting their threes, this is a different team. This Trailblazers team is almost unstoppable because Dame is going to get his, CJ is going to get his, but you know, everything else is up to those role players. You know, Jokic is going to, you know, show out. So the MVP favorite for the year, I would agree. I mean, the good thing about the Blazers, you have Yusuf Nurkic down low to bang with him, to bang with Jokic. But it's really a mismatch if you look at it. Right, right. But in my opinion, it's still a mismatch. I mean, you can put – I don't give a damn who you're putting out there this year, not with the way Yoke's playing this year. He's playing out of his damn mind. I think Dude, he is going to beat up I think, anybody. I think the only people who might even have a chance to stop him, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert. I mean, That's about it. That's the list right there. About to say that's that's your list. I mean, Boban maybe in a mismatch on size, but listen, no. if you remember the last time that I know, I know the last game of before the the, well, the before shutdown, stoppage, Boban had like a monster like twenty one and seventeen, thirty one and seventeen, easy. He dropped yeah. it on him, but that's not going to be your typical night defensively from Jokic either. That was right. an, yeah. You're never going to get that. You're probably not going to get that again if you strike twice. But yeah. I think the Muggets, the Muggets, the Nuggets have their work cut out for them, especially. <laughs> LOL. The Muggets. the Muggets. I like that. I think they have their work cut out for them without Jamal Murray either because they're good and Jokic is good. But without Jamal Murray, they are, it is rough shot right now a little bit. I mean. Yeah, I, I expect Monte Morris and, you know, Will Barton to step up. Will Barton's not playing either. So I expect uh, Monte Morris and Michael Porter Jr. have to ble- uh, lead them. But I don't know if it's enough. Jamal Murray was their clutch shooter. He was a clutch shooter and their best three point shooter. So it's, mm-hmm. it's tough to see them play without the, without him can actually get uh, both y'all's picks for the champions, the championship right now, the win, the winner and the loser, you know, 
Because I personally, I got the Brooklyn Nets over the Utah Jazz. You think the Jazz can take out the Lakers in the West? Yeah, I don't have the Lakers even making it out of this first. It, it I mean, it's going to be roughy, rough with Chris Paul in and out, but I don't have them, you know. Do you have Phoenix beating them? I ha- I had Phoenix beating them. I had I actually had Phoenix in the final, but with Chris Paul injury, I don't know if uh, that's rough. That's rough. That, yeah, I, I I before the playoff started, I had the Nets over the Suns, but with Chris Paul injury, I'm going to go Nets over the Jazz. Okay, Sam, what you got? Uh, I mean, I don't watch a ton of NBA, but from everything I've seen since just from watching my bucks over the year i think i've got probably clippers over 76ers wow you're taking the clippers who are down 2-0 to my dallas mavericks right now 100 percent. wow we'll get to that in a minute because i wanted to save them for last because i knew we had a lot to talk about with them i wanted to run through everybody else first so okay i give me more than likely give me the nets because i think they'll take out I think they'll deal with Milwaukee. They'll be able to deal with Giannis, and I think they'll be able to deal with the 76ers. So give me the Nets over. Dude, I think the Lakers are going to. I think the Lakers are going to pull it out. I think somehow LeBron's going to find his way there because it's LeBron. He does LeBron things. So he does LeBron I things. But I was half expecting it, you to say the Mavs. One man does not. Yeah, a team I made. wish. I mean, if one man made a team, we would have what 15 rings down here in Dallas over our years with Dirk. Dirk, I don't think, was the best player in the league. but I think for a couple of years there, early 2010s, he was absolutely the best player in his position in the league. No, that we could have a whole different discussion about that another day. Dirk was not overachieving, but he was taking what amounted to an island of misfit toys, like a box of toys that you haven't seen in 30 years in the attic, and dusted them off and like made an entire fucking beautiful tea party out of it. I want, you, I want you to look... Oh, God, what is his name? I was about to go on this big, long solo play, and now I can't remember his name. He was the Brooklyn Nets coach for a hot second, and then he was in Milwaukee for a minute. Jason Kidd. Yes. I want you to look Jason Kidd in his eye and tell him he's a, he's a misfit toy, and we'll see how that works out for you, sir. I was just fixing to say, we'll see how that works those, out for you. if only one of those misfit toys was like the one of the all-time leaders and assists top five. I was about to say top or, five you know, leaders. Steve Nash. Steve Nash wasn't on that team. He was gone by then. He was in – was he in L.A. by then, guy? He was, was he still in Phoenix. I, I thought he was on the, the the eleven team, Phoenix. No, he was gone. He was out of Dallas by then. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. He was out of Dallas in like oh four, oh five. Before the uh, we believe, okay, no, okay, even okay, before okay, that. Okay. No, I he bet. was because he won oh four with oh five and the, with Dallas the MVPs, and then he won another one in Phoenix the very next year. My bad. Okay, yeah. So, for some anyway, reason, okay. with me like not really following basketball, but living in this area. The, the Steve Nash, the Dirk, and the Jason Kidd eras in my head all overlap a lot more than they actually do. So, okay, fair enough. So just a couple more here before we get to my favorite series we're going to talk about. Uh, Celtics and the Nets, not much to say here. I think the Nets are going to beat that ass. The Celtics are not looking Nets. the same right now, especially sweep. with Jalen Brown out. So, get the brooms out. Get the brooms out. It's a sweep. I, I don't, I don't expect them winning one game, especially with Jalen Brown out. Yeah, there's no way you're defending – uh, Joe Harris just went off for seven threes last uh, in game two. It was disgusting. You know, with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, just those three together, it's crazy. Yeah. Now you put a sharpshooter in the corner and you have three fin- three like center types who can just finish with Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and Nick Claxton getting in there. It This isn't even a, you know. 
it's not a discussion on this good. first round, right? It's Question for you both first round, I'm not worried. So have the Celtics looked like the Celtics since the Bruins and the uh, Red Sox won their titles? Or the Celtics just taken like that entire city's worth of like self-hatred and suck and just been like, okay, we can do that for you. No, they haven't been. For years. They've been in like the Eastern Conference Finals. No, There's I no understand that. that oh. But uh, I mean, Eastern Conference Finals only count for so much if you can't like capitalize. The problem is, is their team is really young. They're Jason yes. Tatum. Oh yeah, Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown are both in their early 20s. And they haven't really had, you know, Gordon Hayward was there, but I mean, he just was, isn't the same. I mean, he isn't, ju- he just isn't the level they need to make it over the top. He's not well, that person that pushes it. Right. Well, I mean, he's in Charlotte now anyways, but yeah, he was never, after that leg injury, he wasn't the same Gordon Hayward. We can agree yeah, with that. And Kim, I, I mean, I love Kemba Walker. Step back Kemba, cardiac Kemba. Great. Not a top tier player. So are they missing? At least, are they missing one one set piece, or are they missing a lot of like small pieces? Like if I think you could if you could plug in one person, fuck the cap. Who would you plug in there to make them work? Not the best player in the league, but like who would you think would go in there and just make it work? Chris Paul. I mean, he's going to get hurt. He would get hurt in the playoffs, and then you know they <laughs> get the. But I would I would want to see. Uh, like a big man, like a young. Uh, I want to see John Collins move from Atlanta to Oof. Boston. John Collins Oof, has be been killing it in Atlanta. Can we switch to that series? Because that Portland or the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn and Boston Atlanta series season? isn't worth talking about. So the Atlanta Knicks series is probably the best watch series in the first round. I think. <laughs> I still have Miami in six. Bro. I don't think that's. I don't happening. know if I. I don't know if I could say that, but the the spanking I, they I put on Miami them last six. night. I don't think that's happening, my guy. They beat them by Jones? what thirty no, something very much as well. Because but... they, they 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 beat them by what like thirty something last night. Uh, one thirty two to ninety eight, so thirty four. Yeah. And they tried to get but physical with my boy, and it just didn't they're work. They're heading so. back to Miami. We'll see. Miami's not the snake pit. It was. Five years ago, man. Well, we're already here, boys. We're already in the mood, so let's talk about it. Heat and Bucks, Nathan, what do you think? Talk to me. I mean, it's tough to see that game, that 34-point loss for Miami. But you know what? I trust Jimmy Buckets to, you know, get his boys settled in. And, you know, at least put up a fight. You know, win at least two or three games. I expect it to at least go to seven. I don't think we'll sweep by any means, but I, I don't think we make it to a game seven. I think – I don't think you go to a game seven either. I think I it's 4-2. I think the Heat are going to make a push, though. They're not going to die. Jimmy, no. Buck, Jimmy Butler is not going to lay down and die. No, if, if the Heat walk into like... Miami and just drop two more, then that they, they just need to move the franchise. They're done. The era is over. But like I, I don't think I think they'll come back and they'll win one in Miami and maybe they'll take one in uh, Milwaukee. But I don't think I don't think we're going to seven games. But Nathan, what do you think, guy? Um, yeah, well, I said my piece, but you know, Chris Milton finally made like a clutch shot in game one. That's the first time I've ever seen Chris Milton make a clutch shot in the playoffs. So, you know, anything can happen. I think, yeah, I think this first series is the Bucks are going to beat the Heat. 
unfortunate the way this is going to have to go for Jimmy Butler here, but I think the Heat, they're not the Heat, the Bucks as a team have improved this year. I think they're Drew actually Holiday. playing better. Yes, Drew Holiday makes them, it is like what they were missing. Um, could have used Bog, Bogdan Bogdanovich. That would have been a dank way for that to go down too, but unfortunately they fucked that up. But I think they have a much better team as a whole this year. Um, and you still have Giannis. I mean, Giannis is a pretty good ace in the hole. The thing is, is we'll see how we'll see how this team looks this year. We'll see once they get to like that semifinals, that Eastern Conference Finals, if they make it that far, how they look and how Giannis has how they've been able to advance his play and like you know figure out a better way to use him than just getting stonewalled in the paint like he's been doing the past two postseasons. I want to bring up the fact that Brooklyn and Milwaukee play in round two. So that's gonna be a hell of a series. So Sam, you're about to get fucked. Yeah, so, never mind. Never mind. Because I, I have Brooklyn winning it all, and I, I just unless there's a major injury or you know Kyrie goes and does some something that is kind of out of the out there, you know, he does things you know that don't make sense sometimes. So unless something crazy happens, I definitely have Brooklyn, you know, being Milwaukee. So I would agree. So would I. Next one here is we got the Knicks and the Hawks. I'm excited for this one only because – and let me kind of explain this for a second. I think the NBA playoffs are better with Knicks basketball in it only because the Knicks are like the Cowboys in the NFL, right? It's the guy that you need because you need somebody to hate. You need somebody that's actually half decent that you feel threatened by a little bit but that you just love to hate no matter what. That's the Knicks. Right, but you're comparing them to the Cowboys and saying they're decent. I, I not, don't think those comparisons match up there, bud, because your guys are ass. Don't be an asshole. Not like that. Just so <laughs> much that they're, that, they're, that they're the constant bad guys. Fair. But, I mean, did the Knicks have all the money in the world? Because that's why people hate the Cowboys, and that's why people hate the Yankees is because they buy these teams and they continue to be shit with them because they mismanage their people. So I, I don't know. The, I, I get what you're saying. I don't think that analogy quite lines up the way you want it to, but I get what you're trying to say. Oh, well, anyways, I think the NBA playoffs are better with Knicks basketball in it. Um, I agree. I agree so. that it's better with them in it. And I'm excited to see Julius Randle, the most improved player versus Trey Young, one of the best offensive yet worst defensive players in the league. I love – because that's just it's exciting basketball to watch when you have offensive players that are bad at defense. Atlanta's going to give up dun- easy dunks and open three pointers, and you have to beat them because they're going to score. They have so many shooters. John Collins, I think, should be talked about as one of a very like well improved player because his three point shooting and his athleticism is you know unstoppable at times. Because if he's left open for three, he's knocking those shots down now. And it's crazy what he's doing. What, what Trey Young's doing, that floater to win the game, impressive stuff. Right. That was, that was the stuff that, like, that type of playoffs uh, basketball is what makes you really want to watch it. And that's, those are the moments that make you just, like, die for it, you know? Especially afterwards when he – because we know the garden. We know the legendary – right. We know Spike Lee is there, and he's, cho- he's given everybody the choke sign since 95 with Reggie Miller, and he's been doing it ever since through bad years, and they've been bad years and bad years and bad years for a while now. Even through Melo, it wasn't some great times. But, yeah, I love it, dude. So, I mean, you know, everyone – the Knicks love talking shit. 
everyone in New York loves talking shit and the Knicks, especially they love getting loud and in your face and telling you, fuck you directly with like look in your eyes while they do it. And they were doing that same shit. Fuck you, Trey. And I love, right. He was, he's like, where's that shit now? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Real fucking fucking quiet quiet here right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good shit. I think he's a show. He's a showman, man. He puts on a show and you know what? I like seeing it. And and, then seeing Derek Rose in the playoffs again for the Knicks is, also, I think a good sign for basketball. I mean, he's not the same player, but you know, I think everyone loves. There's no reason to hate Derrick Rose, you know. If you told somebody, if you told like a Bulls fan after that mid MVP season in 2011 that Derrick Rose would be leading one of the people leading the Knicks to the playoffs in 2021 and 10 years from now, I think you're fucking nuts. Maybe like, what the fuck this guy talking about? What's he smoking? <laughs> What are you talking about? Our, our, our like five-time MVP is like on the Knicks now? What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Right. No. And you're like, yeah, guy, I got some bad news for you. Here about, <laughs> yeah, in about three months, I got some bad news for you, guy. Dude. Oh, yeah. rip his knees. But anyways. But yeah, dude, I love it. I mean, the Hawks are actually leading right now midway through the third, 67-58. But I, like I said, I, I don't love the Knicks. I'll never pretend to like them. But I mean. I think, like I said, I think basketball is better when they're at least half decent. I, I think the NBA is better off for it somehow. I, it just I feels right. Yeah, there's something about, you know, New York basketball. And I know Brooklyn's kind of take a spot like this year. But, you know, if the Knicks are good, I feel like the basketball's in a good spot, you know. Dude, this year is crazy competitive. You have a lot of teams, mostly in the West, that are, like, you know, challenging. But, you know, all across the board, you know, we have a stacked – we have a stacked NBA. We should be, you know, really happy about, you know, our place, you know. Well, and you talked about – Exactly. I was going to say the next generation. You talked about Trae being a showman, right? I think that's just an inherent kind of part of the next generation of superstars. I mean, you look around. We talked about John Morant. He tried – I've never seen a dude rookie so ballsy that he tried to literally baptize Kevin Love. It was the best dunk of the year last year, and it wasn't attempted, even a dunk. Attempted – best attempt at a dunk. It didn't go in. Best attempt so, at a dunk. You can't see people, but we're doing the air quote attempted. So him, you have Trey Young, you have all of these guys. I mean, Luka Doncic, and that's when I get to the final series we're talking about here because I know we got some more to say about it. My boy, Howler Luka, Luka Doncic, Luka Magic himself, baby bird, leading the Mavericks to a 2-0 lead against the Clippers with a 127-121 win yesterday. Not a triple-double, only had 39 points and not, not so much on the rebounds and assists. Probably hit his, like – you know, season average on them, but not a triple double, but I love it. We are on that ass, Nathan. I am not scared of these guys one fucking bit and I'm ready for it. Dude, we are. I love watching every game. They always bring up the 50 point win we had early on in the season. And you know what? It's, you know, relevant because we have, we have beat this team so many times since the they kicked us out of the playoffs. And I think if we can stay healthy, if KP stays healthy, it's going to be a breeze. I'm talking five games. I'm giving them one game in L.A. to win, and we're winning in five. Well, they're going to take – if they win in five, they'd be one in Dallas. I think they're going to probably take the game three. If there's a game they're going to take, they're going to take game three, I think. The first one in Dallas. You're right. Because we exactly. haven't played as well. At, we've played better on the road this year than we have at home. I, I don't even think we hit above – we maybe hit 500 at home this year. So I think the first I think, game. I think it actually helped with fans, though. Yes. 
A lot yes, of those you. games were without fans. So having Mark Cuban, you know, in the front row and, you know, the let's go Mavs chant. I love the let's go Mavs. Let's go Mavs. It, it's giving goosebumps. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. I agree. And I, I'm telling you, man, I'm not scared. of The only person I'm scared of is Kawhi, actually, because he brought the heat in the first quarter in game one. And I was like, he's not fucking around. And he started bringing the heat again in game in the first quarter in game two. And I was like, he's not fucking around. This dude is not here to fuck around with us. I think he's the only dude that isn't here to fuck around with us because pandemic P 41 points in game two. I know he dropped 30 in the first half. Thankfully he went quiet in the third quarter and that's what kind of allowed us to take the lead that we kind of coasted with. But I mean, he was, he's a monster. We know what Kawhi can do. So, but I'm not scared of Paul George at all. He's the finals MVP. I am not scared of shit. As Luca told Patrick Beverly eloquently, you're too fucking small. I honestly think, you know, the way Luca's going, he's going to be, you know, at the beginning of the season this year, he was the favorite to be MVP. And, you know, you can see how that's possible, the, the way he plays. You know, he's making great passes to open shooters, and he's knocking down shots, you know, no matter where it is. He can get to the bucket on smaller defenders. He can shoot. He had that fadeaway over Kawhi Leonard. That was just beautiful. And, you know, he had, what, four or five step-back threes that, you know, are almost unguardable, especially when he has those switches on big men. and Or, you know, anyone who's slow, he can just step back and shoot over anybody. It's, I love to see that. And I also want to talk about KP because, you know, Kristaps Porzingis is my boy. I love – he's – the unicorn, you know, that right. range he has, he shoots like the only, he's like the only seven footer that shoots 30 foot three pointers that I know of. And who can also, you know, if he has a guard on him, he can just shoot. He could just, he has that turnaround from mid range anywhere, you know? Yeah, dude. I mean, he is, he's almost got the unlimited range. He's not quite consistent enough with it to call it unlimited, but when he, especially when he's feeling himself, if he gets confident and he gets hot on a shooting night, you're, he's almost unstoppable because he can score. He can score 30, 35 points in a game. He only, I think he's only averaging about 20 in the first two games, but you know, if he gets hot, you know, there's no stopping done. him. Exactly. You know? Well, like you said, he's not just seven foot. He's seven, three, that's seven, three out there shooting like a like a regular guard. How do you, you have no answer for that. If he's hot, you don't. Right. Because his release point is so high, you know, unless you have a center out there on him, which no center wants to be out behind the three-point line on defense. That's not where center should be. So if he's shooting over guards, you know, those are – that's like he's not even has a defender on him because he's just so tall. It's crazy like, to see that in a league. Like when a dude's hand is only reaching his chest, what are you supposed to do? Nothing. Take this, right. take this three to the fucking face right now. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I agree. Now, dude, and another thing, Tim Hardaway, are we going to, do we allocate the money to resign him this offseason? I don't know if we can, because I'm, I believe Luka Doncic is extension eligible for his rookie extension. And, and he's, he's going to get a max, he's going to get the max possible out of it because uh, he's going to be on an all NBA team, which is one of the qualifications you have to have to get that, that max. That'll have been two. And he's going to have two of them. So it's going to be easy, easy pickings. And he's, he's just going to be – so we already have that. And we have Kristaps signed for, I believe, 
three more years. So Correct. there's just I don't think there's going to be enough money for the way he's playing unless he's okay. Either Luca or him are okay taking a pay cut. I don't see a possibility for him because he right now is probably the hottest thing on the market. A knockdown shooter who can you know he's not a bad defender either. So he's tenacious. He's a tenacious rebounder. Um, doesn't pull a whole lot down, but he hustles. Very hustle player. Defender. Yeah. Yes. Tenacious hu- defender too. There you go. Yeah. I mean he he plays hard. He plays his ass off whenever he plays. And yes, dude, especially when you we, – we've known this being Mavs fans. You have to start him. If you start him, he will knock the lights out of that bitch when he's hot. I mean, mm-hmm. his three-point shooting is unfathomable whenever he goes hot. When he's hot, but, yeah. But the other side of that – I mean, not just that. If he's cold in the three, his mid-range is very solid. He can take it to the hole and drive. So – but that's if you start him. He, he doesn't do as good coming off the bench. It's just something about him being – once he has the volume of shots and he sees him start going down, that's when he can, he can really get it going. Right. But I would agree with you. I think he's – between the last month of the season and what he's shown between last season's playoffs and this year, I think he's priced himself out of probably what we have left out of after signing Luka because, of course, he's the priority. He's right. – Luka is he number is, one no matter what. Right. We pay him first and we pay you – we pay you plebeians whatever's left, right? Yeah, whatever's left. I want to see if uh, Josh Richardson can show up a little bit more in the playoffs. He only got a little bit of playing time in game two, but he made a good share out of it. He I think he got a steal. He had a knockdown three, and he got a couple free throws, oh, which is good to see. Considering the way those fuckers were shooting free throws the rest of the game, good God, we needed those. Every bit of those free yeah. throws he had, we needed. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's the best free throw shooter. So he got a lot of those knocked down at the end of the game, but he made an open three or he made a contested three point shot. And I believe he got a steal. So I'd love to see that out of him. You know, Jalen Brunson still working pretty well. Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith are probably the two of the most underrated players in the league right now. Cause when we talk about knockdown three pointers who are defending, I know, okay. I know Kawhi got that dunk on, on Maxi. And then all three of the guys were like flexing on him which I thought was a technical. I thought a hands down that was going to be a technical. But you know what? Anyway, we got the win. All that matters. Correct. So, but yes, I would agree. I can agree with you there as well because Dorian Finney-Smith is a solid defender. That dude can he'll, – he'll lock your ass up for a solid whole game, you know, on, on the perimeter and everywhere else. And Maxi Kleber can do the same thing. He's a sneaky interior defender. He can get blocks at the rim. Like, he's athletic. He can run the pick and roll, not as well as Dwight Powell could um, before that Achilles injury, but, Mm -hmm. and he can knock down those threes with consistency. Call him up. He'll answer. It's what I got for the playoffs right now. I just wanted to go over it and a lot of good shit happening. Oh man. The NBA is so good. (laughs) Bro. And you're right. Dallas is going to be rocking Friday night. We are going to knock that bitch down. It's going to be crazy. Ooh, 15,000 strong. It is going to be so lit. Mm. What you wouldn't give to have won those tickets this time, huh, Devo? Dude, yeah. We'll talk about that another time. But moving on here a little bit, I want to talk just a little bit in the NFL. The one big thing I want to talk about this week is the Julio Jones deal. Um, Of course, for all our fans out there, it's been some speculation that he'll get moved, uh, especially since the draft. You know, there was talk of him that the number four pick, they ended up taking Kyle Pitts. They didn't take another quarterback. So that the continuation is of Matt Ryan there. They'll at least have a couple more years of him and they get him weapons. Um, one more year. Yeah, 
one at least yes um the other idea is that you know like i said they move julio jones he has that expensive ass contract if they moved him before june 1st though it was going to be a bigger cap hit than it would be if they moved him after i think if they move him before june 1st it's like a two hundred thousand dollar hit to the cap um or a little more than that if they whatever it was they save 15 million they'll save 15 million if they move him after june 1st after the year they'll save 15 million if they move him wait till after then so i think that's what they'll do but the big thing happening this past week is of course there's been speculation going on and blah 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 right where would he fit we'll talk about that here in a minute he was spotted over the weekend in a Dallas Cowboys hoodie somewhere. Yeah. Did I didn't, you not I didn't about know this? about that. I was, I was talking about his workout with Derrick Henry. but Oh, have you not heard about any of this guy? Oh, this I didn't hear about this, no. Okay. So Julio Jones was spotted over the weekend. Like someone took a picture like a fan and he was wearing a Dallas Cowboys hoodie. You know, so of course speculation went rampant. Um, Cowboys shouldn't make that move. There's no way we need to make that move. We don't need anybody else on the offensive side of the ball. Many reasons I can go into that for. So... Jerry receiving, Jones, don't you f- receiving core is good. Yes, Jerry Jones, don't need to fucking do it. So, shut up, Kobe. So, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, you know, on Undisputed on FS1, they were talking about it and going back and forth and doing Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless things. I watch them. I watch them every day now. They're like my version of first take I like to watch just because it's it can be some good shit and also some hilarious stuff because Skip's a hater. But yeah, I digress. They're arguing about it and going back and forth. Um, Skip being a Dallas Cowboys fan has a lot to say about it, you know. So Shannon Sharp calls Julio live on air and straight up on air is like, Julio, what's going on? You know, we saw this. What's the deal? Are you staying in Atlanta? Are you, you know, thinking you going to go to the Cowboys? And he was like, man, I'm out of that. He's like, I'm out of there. Talking about Atlanta. He's like, I'm out of there. And keep in mind, this is all on live television. I don't know if Julio would have said this if he wasn't on live TV, if he thought he was just maybe calling him in between takes or whatever, but admits it, you know, pretty much as I'm out of there in Atlanta, I wouldn't go to Dallas. Yeah, not shocking. And he said he wants to go somewhere that he can win. Yeah, so. I mean, uh, I have seen a lot of the speculation of where he could go. I think the the best fit for him would probably be the Tennessee Titans. You know, they already have a ace receiver on the outside in AJ Brown. So you know, he's not going. He might not get all those double coverages. He goes to a team without like a star receiver, and plus. They're a run-heavy game, too. So, Derrick Henry's, you know, going to be working a lot. So, they're not going to ask Julio Jones to be their savior. That's – I don't think what he – I mean, in Atlanta, that's pretty much what they were doing before they got Calvin Ridley was they were asking Julio Jones to get 60 to 70% of the catches for the team. And right now, with his health, you know, he's had some injuries recently. And the fact that he's getting older, I think he's uh, – I think he's still in his early 30s. But, you know – for offensive players, you know, sometimes early 30s is probably the best you ask for. Football careers don't last as long as some other sports, so. Right. Well, and especially with something like, you know, a receiver where you take all those injuries to your legs, which is your moneymaker, your knees, your ankles. You take all the cuts and your routes after a while. It starts to it starts to wear on you. Mm-hmm. And, yes, Julio for a long time has been and is arguably still the best receiver in football when he's healthy. But that when his healthy moniker has started to become a little bit of a, a dead horse, we have to beat some. You know, it's a hamstring past- here. It's an ankle here. It's something else, you know. The, the Come to Cleveland, my friend. Come to Cleveland. Split time with Odell Beckham. Let him get back up on his feet. Come to Cleveland. Let's go win a ring. Too many, too many, too many cooks. You can have Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, and Julio Jones. It's, 
There's just no, not you can. If you, if you bring around. them in and you tell them that they need to act right and they'll win a ring, you can bring as many of those boys in as you want. One of those guys is going back to Atlanta in any type of trade anyways. Get the fuck out of here. Fair. I mean, would you so. trade Jarvis Landry for Julio Jones? Not Jarvis. Yeah. I might Hell trade yeah. I might trade OBJ. Hell yeah, I'd trade Jarvis Landry for Julio Jones. What about OBJ, Sam? I mean, Devo. Mm, probably. OBJ's become a crybaby anyways. Yes. I'm tired of him. Yes. Dude, I'm a, I'm a big OBJ fan. I'm a, a big Jarvis Landry fan, too. OBJ you know, is great too. when he's healthy. OBJ, when he gets injured, is such a little bitch and is so fucking ridiculous trying to get him healthy again. It's insane, and it's just it's not worth it, man. I mean, if this last season proved anything, it's that we have the receiving core that we can win without him if he wants to act like a little asshole. So, bye. Go. Go hang out in Atlanta. Go do your thing. Give us someone who's ready to win and ready to play. Fair enough. I respect Fair that. enough. Fair enough. So, I don't know. Do I... Go ahead. No, Diva, where do you think he's going to go? Or it should go to the Patriots. Oh, God. Bill Belichick needs that. Oh God, you might be right, dude. I okay. I have Mac Jones starting game one. You think or, so? Or or at least game four or five around that time. If Cam Newton doesn't have like a okay, he actually start Cam Newton started the season off last year. I think they were like one and one, but he was like a really good game against the Seahawks, and he had another win before it kind of went downhill, but. If Cam Newton doesn't show up early in the season, I see, you know, Mac Jones coming in and, you know, he's who. That's assuming Bill Cam Belichick Newton wanted. starts at all. What'd you say? I said, that's assuming Cam Newton starts at all. I mean, you just went out and got Cam Newton and brought him in and then immediately turned around and drafted Mac Jones. Cam Newton was always going to be the placeholder, though. I don't think they ever had Cam Newton being the guy. I agree, I mean, yeah, but if, you, if you're the placeholder and you went and you got the guy, why waste time with the placeholder? Sit him on the bench, let him make his millions, and play the guy you want to play. Because Patrick Mahomes, even that guy had to sit a year, Sam. I agree with you. I hear what you're saying. But if there was anyone who would do something like that and make it work, it's going to be those assholes up north. Honestly, I would like to disagree with you, Sam, because they've had talented quarterbacks in their quarterback room. I mean, of course, Tom Brady was there, but, you know, they've had a good history of drafting and sitting quarterbacks and having them learn and then having success. Jimmy Garoppolo has had, I mean, maybe not right like now because he's kind of had a slump this past year, but he started off with like winning his first 15 games he started or something like that. Yeah, no one's taking no one's taking talent away from Jimmy Garoppolo, but what I'm saying saying is like they they prep quarterbacks well in New England, but you have to have time to prep a quarterback. I hear you, but my thought is with as bad as that season ended for them last year and as just lost as Cam Newton looked, is there not some part of you that you know, if you're playing Bill Belichick in your head goes, I need someone who can come in plug and play is going to know my offense and can go day one. I think that's why he got Mac Jones. I just don't see a lot of quarterbacks coming in super early in their career, like week one rookie year starting and having great seasons. I know Joe Burrow had a good No one's asking him to have a great season. We're just asking him not to fuck up as much as he did last year. I'm worried. I'm worried there's going to be a Sam Darnold situation where a good guy who has lots of talent is that part into a bad team and they, you start losing and you get used to losing. 
I'm worried about that. Fair. I am. I would agree with you there. Um, I think that it's the same reason you have to sit Justin Fields in Chicago for a little while and you sit, sit Trey Lance behind Jimmy G for a year. That's a good, Jimmy G's a good damn insurance policy. I guess Trey Lance would be the insurance policy this year, but it's a good way to like, you got to give him a year, even just a few weeks. Justin Herbert, God bless his soul. He had an incredible rookie year last year, starting from week two. Only reason he got to start that early is because the team doctor was an asshole and popped Tyrod Taylor's lung on accident. So even that shouldn't have been, even that wasn't supposed to be what it was. Right. I think you're better off sitting guys again, not necessarily the whole year. And if throughout practice throughout the year, he proves without a shadow of a doubt that he is about to, if Justin Fields proves that a shadow of a doubt, which I don't doubt he will, that he can take Andy Dalton's spot at any point, they will take him and they will put him in. I see Mac that Jones, Mac Jones. I think you give him a full year, especially behind Cam Newton. Cam Newton may not be the same Cam Newton that he was, but his mindset and his leadership position has not changed a bit. That dude can command a room and he knows what he's doing for the most part. I think a big problem that, New England's going to have is those are going to be two very different quarterbacks. Cam Newton is a very different quarterback than Mac Jones. And so you're going to be calling a lot of plays for Cam Newton at the beginning. And so having those plays set up for him and having Mac Jones have run a completely different offense is going to be really jumbling, like putting things together for that offense. Right. I mean, it's not going to be as hard for the quarterbacks, obviously, because I think it wouldn't shock me if Josh McDaniels has a playbook more or less half done or working on for when Mac Jones is there, because you're right. Cam Newton is not the same dude as Mac Jones. They're two completely different quarterback styles. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's getting something together for Mac Jones for whenever it's time, it's not going to be the quarterback so much. It's going to be the problem. It's going to be, if you run two different offenses for your position guys, because your position guys, especially your receivers, they know routes, timing, you know, set up on the line and everything all for one offense. You're running an entirely different one with entirely different play schemes and so on and so forth. That's a whole new offense for that motherfucker to learn. So we'll see how it works. We'll see. Are you excited for uh, Trevor Lawrence, though? He's going to be starting week one. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to be number one starter. You don't think they're going to sit him behind mustache, behind uh, Mitch Shumania for a week? Hey, (laughs) don't hate on Garden Minshew. Gardner I like Minshew Gard- Dude, Minshew was a hell of a sleeper a in fantasy for me two years ago. Yeah. Picked him up on like week three for nothing and just ran him into the ground. It was great. Yeah, into the ground he ran, bro. Because I drafted yes, him did. last year and he fucked me over. <laughs> did you see uh, if you you never draft the mustache? Overall, you got a free piece of beer. Yes, if you drafted him number one overall and you won with him on your championship team, right? No, you got beer for a year if you did that. If you just drafted him first overall, you got you got a case of beer. And if you drafted him first overall in one year league, you got free beer for a year. And of course he was injured Dude, for half the year, so it wouldn't work. But that's insane. Right. Who even drafts a quarterback first overall? That's that's ridiculous. Uh, if you're Patrick, if it's Patrick Mahomes, he's the only one you take number one that's overall. Fair. You gotta think you gotta that's think fair. about Patrick Mahomes. But I don't I don't take But I mean if you're yeah, if you're not top half of your draft order, you're not getting Patrick Mahomes, you start planning for other things. Well, normally you'd probably I, in any given year, as long as it's healthy, I'd take Christian McCaffrey. Poor Kobe back here took Christian McCaffrey last year. How'd that work out for you, buddy? How many times did he play last year? There you go, buddy. I'm telling you, if you're in a PPE league or PPR league, you got to look at Derrick Henry because he gets the touches. 
he gets so many rush attempts that just, you know. Right, but I think in a PPR league is the exact reason you need Christian McCaffrey because that dude is your wheel route god. Well, uh, I was in a league where we got a half a point for every attempt, rushing attempt. So. Jeez. Yeah. Agreed. So, all right, that's all I had for the NFL. Um, I had a little bit of MLB talk too, but I'll let Sam, I'll let you kick that off. What you got for me, buddy? Yeah, man. So late today, like five o'clock central standard time, uh, it was announced by major league baseball that Mickey Calloway, the current angels pitching coach and former Mets manager had been placed on the ineligible list for one full season after an investigation into sexual assault allegations. So he is not going to be eligible until the 2022 season ends. So until after the championship series next year, uh, he'll be eligible to be on a coaching staff again. Uh, As soon as this information came out, the angels promptly fired him and were like, okay, you know, wash your hands of you. You're done. Uh, This all comes came about because of an athletic report uh, late last year that detailed five different uh, members of uh, independent uh, like reporting staffs that had been approached and uh, sent nude photos by Mickey Calloway. And at least in one case had been asked to reciprocate those uh, photos so he was a Indians pitching coach from 2013 to 2017. He was a one-year manager in New York from 2018 to 2019. And then most recently was the Angels pitching coach 2019, obviously, to 2021. He was a one-time Ranger in 04. So we're just, you know, batting a thousand on guys ending up being pieces of shit. So it's, uh, yeah. It was real weird. It, it came across my desk real late this afternoon, and it just it got, it kind of threw me for a loop for a second. I'm just like, okay, who is this guy? What did he do? When did this report come up around? And did Manfred actually do something about it? Because Rob Manfred has done jack shit as the commissioner of baseball. He does not hand out like censures or. Uh, an active roster like he doesn't do anything he he's very much let the boys play to handle your business on your own time i'm not going to get involved but i mean there had to be some damning evidence for him to get involved in this one this is this is rare for the manfred era agreed i mean even for the astros he just kind of he didn't do anything until the entirety of the universe was like hey guy yeah do something and even with the Astros, he did something to the Astros. He hasn't, he has yet to do anything to the Cubs, the Nationals, any of these other teams that were found guilty of cheating in similar ways in the same report. The Astros were just the ones that had won a title most recently with that cheating ske- scheme. So they're the ones that, that got the L. In other news in baseball, guys, I'd like to talk about what the fuck is going on with all of these no hitters. It is, it, it is today is May 26th. We are probably about what a fourth of the way through the season, fourth mm-hmm. to a third, a third. We have already had six, no hitters guys. Now the most in a season in the modern era is eight since 1884. It's it was eight seven. in a season. No, it's eight in a season. I think it's, I'm sorry. Night. I'm sorry. I believe it's seven in the modern era since like 1900. 
eight total all since time baseball. Yes. Yes. Okay. That makes yes. more sense. Since the dead ball era, seven. Since 1884, eight. We're already at six. Now, I want to run through these real quick. So we had Joe Musgrave pitch the first one of the season and the first for the San Diego Padres organization against our Rangers in April. You had Carlos Radon for the White Sox against the Indians uh, in April, about five days later, which is crazy because I remember that game. The one pitch that fucked that guy to have a perfect game was like it hit his shoe or something, and he walked the guy. Jeez. And it was some fuck shit. Uh, John Means for the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles, no less. What the fuck? Against the Mariners in uh, in May. Two days later, Wade Miley for the Reds. Pitches against Cleveland, so that's their second of the season against them. Spencer Turnbull on the 18th. Um, pitches for Detroit. Their first no-hitter since Verlander pitched a no-no in 2011 against Seattle, so that's their second. And, of course, the next day, Corey Kluber in the ultimate fuck you to us, pitches a no-hitter for the Yankees against us on the 19th. After we traded that guy for a year for the 2020 season, after he played exactly one out before he got himself hurt and do a shoulder out and then left and signed with the Yankees to go fuck us like this. One third of an inning. Yes. So the crazy thing to me is that not only is this the first, this is the most second most through the seasons, uh, through the beginning of the season since like 1904, it's happened three separate or six times, but each twice to three different teams. Two of us being in the AL West. We are ass here, bro. We're garbage. So, but also against Cleveland, they're in a rebuild. I mean, they traded Francisco Lindor, the Corey Kluber trade. They've kind of admitted defeat on that one and have given up for the most part for right now. So, but why so many so early in the season, guy? What is happening? I think it goes back to the the dead ball and how for so long the ball was juiced and it was a hitter's game. It was you're getting, you know, damn near triple digit home runs every couple of years. And now that the ball has been deadened again, it's it's much more of a pitching game now. Well, it wasn't juiced. The ball wasn't juiced so much as the players were juiced. Players, you know, took supplements and everything for a long time. Players were juiced. The ball had recently started being juiced the past few years, especially in 2019. You could tell when home runs were just fucking through the roof on the graph on how many we were hitting that year. And that's the thing. Home runs are still through the fucking roof on the graph. I mean, the MLB leader amongst rookies has 16 home runs and we're in May. 16 and we're in May. He's a ranger, by the way. So, you know, bless up for that one. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Adalas Garcia there. Yeah, absolutely. But like, so the home runs have not slowed down. It's the pitching has evolved to work with like the situation that we have, because you now have these guys that are able to throw 96 mile an hour fastballs down the alley, but they can also come at you on the very next pitch with like a 76 mile an hour slider that goes East to West at your knees. I mean, there's just, there's so much more, ability in a pitcher's arsenal right now in this current era than there was even five years ago. It's just, it's insane. Like the, the, the speed of the game has not changed. The ability of the batters has not changed. It's every bit, the ability of the pitchers that has increased. I would, I would argue against you and say, I mean, yes, pitchers have learned to adapt, especially the past several years with the juice ball and everything they've learned to adapt to it now. And I think especially now that they've come back and, you know, you can tell they've kind of deadened the ball a little bit again, that definitely is an advantage towards the pitchers because it's just not flying as far. It's flying different. I think they have the up there. But you look at the numbers, 
strikeouts are up there as high as they've ever been. I mean, the batting average of the average, I mean, I think across the league, the batting average is like 237 right now. Mm-hmm. That's about the worst it's been in a long in some time so far. If you stretch that out for a season, that'll have been the worst season in some time. So I think it's that the pitchers have learned, yes, to kind of work with what they've got now. But I think it's also that just dudes are more feast or famine than they used to be. It's. But I mean, if you look at that same, if you look at that same set of metrics, the average ERA right now is hovering around three or four. That's huge. That's an insanely high number, especially for starting talent in this league. So, I mean, it's, it's a bit of everything. Like the batters are being a little bit more like if it's not going out the park, I don't even want to swing at it. The pitchers are able to maneuver their ball around the plate a lot more. And I think a lot of it and what has gotten the MLB at large into trouble this last year or so has been the umpires. There's not a consistent strike zone across the league. That's why like a lot of these smaller, uh, you know, triple A, double A leagues before they shut down last season, were starting to move away from a live umpire behind the plate and move to these digital strike zones. So you at least have something consistent. It's, it's really, really interesting, man. Cause I mean, depending on the day, depending on the ball and depending on who you've got behind the plate, you could throw a no hitter and be, you know, three, four feet off the plate wide and it'll, it'll be fine. It's crazy. Absolutely. I just, I mean, you got to appreciate them while you have them. It's even if they're, I mean, we love the Rangers, God love them, but they make it still a part of history. They do. But I mean, it's still a cool thing to see. No-nos don't happen very often, even though they look like they're just run of the mill right now. I mean, no-nos don't happen very often. I mean, the last time there was like five or six in the beginning of the year, they didn't have but one the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, there's a chance. Too. Right, that's what I'm saying. There's a chance that we just, we got them all out of the way in the first month and a half, and it's like the rest of the way, we're just going to rake. Yep. It's so. definitely possible. Before we move on, though, I do have a little bit of news for you specifically there, Nathan. Uh, looks like on Monday, the Athletics announced their intent to leave, uh, oh dear God, Oakland, uh, and have officially narrowed it down to two locations for their new uh, ballpark, those being Las Vegas and Portland. Ooh. We could see baseball back in Portland before too long. Now, there are some people with the Portland Port Authority that are raising a stink about where they're trying to put the, the Portland ballpark. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I God bless it. I don't want another team in Las Vegas. They don't need any more sports teams. It's, it's overkill at this point. And I get that they have two right now and we'll have three and that's not that overkill when you consider places like Dallas and Boston and New York and things like that but no one wants to go to Vegas to watch a game I actually think uh having Vegas as uh I mean I think it's great for tourism I mean it is you're gonna be in town if you're gonna be in Vegas and you can catch a game somewhere I think that I think I mean I'm not personally a big fan of that idea but I think it's good for tourism and I understand why people want to do it and that's gonna make people money that's fair, but I think you're going to do so much more for the the people of the Northwest if you give Portland a team. I mean, they have you guys have been so sports starved for so long on like actual good teams that are there and like a, a myriad of sports. So you finally have a, a hockey team coming to Seattle this year. You might have a baseball team coming. Like you're finally kind of re invigorating and regrouping all of these teams that kind of fled that area in the 90s and early 2000s 
I would love to see Portland have their baseball team back. Uh, a, a baseball team back. So. Yes. It'd be cool. I just got a couple of points on this one. Vegas does not need help with any type of tourism, anything. No. We all know this. Vegas don't need no help with no tourism. But I think we know sports betting has been a huge thing because it was underground and illegal for a long time. They made tons of money on that, right? And now you've got all the DraftKings and all that. And, you know, sports, full-on sports legal gambling anywhere, anytime is going to come sooner or later. So what better way to do that and to have tourism go hand-in-hand hand with your sports and your gambling is – especially if you're at the ballpark, say I'm at the ballpark in Vegas, I can place a bet there and then watch that play out. Or I can go to the casino and place my bet at like the Caesar sports book and then walk over to the game. I just bet on and watch it. That's, that's awesome. pretty that's fucking, awesome. That's awesome. For that same, for that same logic, they should move the Yankees to New Jersey. Don't listen, listen, I don't like the Yankees, but don't disrespect them by bringing up New Jersey like that. I mean, you, you're saying that baseball could only benefit by being in a place where betting is legal and sportsbook betting is legal. Send one of the teams that it's up in New York to Jersey, send the Mets, send the Yankees, send somebody over to Jersey. If it's that important, if it's not that important and it's all about getting tourism, you're going to do so much more tourism numbers, so much more tourism money. And the city itself is going to be so much more grateful. If you send a team to Portland, they're going to be in Vegas. They've had nothing but a wealth of sports the last five years in Vegas. They're like, Oh God, we have another fucking team that they, you know, have to go out and buy merch for and support and, it, it's baseball. No one's going to support that fucking team. But you've got these guys in Portland that have not had a team since, what, 88, 90, that are going to be able to be like, okay, cool. I still have all my old Portland merch. Guys our age still have all their dad's old Portland merch. Like they will be able to go out and just be full on in it day one. Everyone I know up here in Portland are huge Trailblazer fans. Like that's the only like real professional team we have at this moment. Or I guess we have Timbers, but I mean, People are crazy about the Timbers, the too. Timbers. I'm not – okay, I got my own problems with the MLS, but that's for another time. But I'm telling you, Portland would love any sports team that came in. So – but, yeah, man, I, I'm not saying that, you know, they should go to Vegas. I'm not saying that at all. But I definitely think that it would be – if you're looking for the money, god damn. Vegas is where it's at. Fair. I just I'm so tired of Vegas having teams that no one cares about or supports, and then those teams end up winning championships, and you just see an entire like state worth of bandwagoners that came on in like the last three weeks of the season show up. That's, that happens everywhere, though. Right. So. Just, when Vegas does it, it bothers me. I don't know why, but it does. Okay. Well, before we break into Sam, before we break back into you with the with the wrestling and everything, Nathan, I hear you want to do a little bit of. A, a little bit of across the pond talk there. Is that what I'm hearing? I wanted to talk. Yes, I do. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Champions League of soccer. Sorry. Uh, European football. Because um, this year we have the, the second time in three years that we have uh, two English, English teams facing off in the Champions League. Yes. Um, this year it's going to be either the Premier League winning Man City or my my team, Chelsea. Um I really don't want to see Manchester City win because they are the Yankees of English football right now, just buying everyone that, you know, people want. They brought in a new center back this year, uh, uh, Ruben Diaz. 
killed it this year. Did great. They have a lot of young talent in like Phil Foden and uh, Farron Torres. And they have old guys too that are killing it. Kevin De Bruyne, who led the league in assists again for the second straight year. And Sergio Aguero, who's apparently on the move after this year, who can sign a free transfer. There's been a lot of tar- talk with Barcelona for him moving out there. also wanted to talk about Chelsea. Big, young, and upcoming team. They bought a lot of players this past year in an attack that haven't really shown up. You know, the Timo Werner, Kai Damn. Havertz, they just haven't really shown up. Am I out? No, you're good. Oh, why'd you say damn? Oh, I, it froze up. I, I thought it froze up for all of us. It just froze up for me. Yeah, no, Whoops. you're good. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of young talent on Chelsea still. Christian Pulisic, the American. I'm Captain excited America. to see him. Yeah. We, I, any chance there's an American in European soccer, I'm going to cheer for that team. That's just how it is. I support our country. I know it, we struggle when it comes to the World Cup, but you know, I like to see you know our the uh, men's World know, Cup. Let's let's be real. We struggle yes, in the men's true. World Cup. The so women are right. insane. Yes. You are so right. I am so sorry. That was you no, got me. Just... You got me. <laughs> but yeah, the men's world cup. The men like it's uh I don't think we made it to the uh world cup. We didn't qualify for twenty eighteen. No, we qualified for twenty well, I think they're still doing qualifiers in the Conquer Cap, but we didn't qualify last World Cup in twenty eighteen. So I'm I, I we fucked around and found out. That's what happened. We're either gonna we're I think we're in the last chance qualification again. We we lost out in one of the one of the the main spots for Concacaf. We're in like the tournament to get in, and so it's rough to okay. see that for the men's team. But you know, in Europe we got uh you know I love watching soccer in the mornings on the weekends because there's not a lot of stuff that you before it's usually before any basketball or football. So and it's on. 38 weeks a year, so. Pretty nice. It's pretty nice. There's a lot of good and upcoming talent in that league, too. So, and right now, I got to say, the Premier League is the the one with the most, you know, up to down, you know, competition. A lot of the other leagues are just dominated by the, the biggest it's top clubs. heavy. Top heavy. Bayern Munich has won nine straight years in the Bundesliga. Juventus has won nine or eight of the past nine. And, you know, either Real or Barcelona have won, I believe, six out of the last ten with Atletico coming in for a couple of them. But yes, it's just great to see, you know, competition. And I think the Premier League is best for that. I mean, obviously, there's clubs at the top that pay more. And so we get a lot more. We see Man City, Man U, Liverpool, and Chelsea in the top four year year in and year out. But uh, there's just a lot to see. And this Saturday is the Champions League final. Um, you can watch it on CBS Network. And I just think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be young talent versus, you know, the established winners of the Premier League. So they already played uh, a couple weeks ago and Chelsea won. So we'll see. I think Man City's got it. They're going to go for that double and really bite for that one. Yeah. I also wanted to talk about Harry Kane. For both Kobe and Sam's Tottenham mm-hmm. Hotspurs, uh, he was at, he asked to leave the team this year or after the season, uh, and he asked to stay in the Premier League. So there's only a couple teams that can actually afford him. So there's only uh, Manchester City, uh, Manchester United, Chelsea, maybe an Arsenal or a West Ham, something, uh, someone who could make a push for him, but. 
it's it'd be crazy because if I'm Tottenham, I do not want to see Harry Kane on another team in the English Premier League because he's a scary offensive striker. He can get goals like crazy. Well, he won the Golden Boot again this year. And I mean, to your point earlier to something you said, Kevin De Bruyne was actually third in assists this year. You know who was assists this year leader? Harry Kane, bro. He led in assists and goals this year. So that's, uh, you know, out of the past five years, that's probably about three Golden Boots he's had tucked up under him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is just a killer. He's got a nose for the ball and an actual nose, LOL. But, (laughs) right, you got that beak. (laughs) So... But he's just got a killer instinct to go out there and get it. He's a true number nine. He absolutely can just sniff him out and get him out there all year, every year. I was going to say, it's going to be a killer for Tottenham to see him leave because that's going to be another dude possibly to go out there and once they leave, go win a trophy. I know, Kobe, it probably hurts. It's okay, big fella. They got Gareth Bell back. They'll be okay. They got what's left of Gareth Bell. Whatever Real Madrid didn't. Scoring terror. To end the season. Whatever Real Madrid didn't show up and spit out that's left of Gareth Bale. He's still he's still semi-young. I, I want to see who's going to be able to afford him because I believe he still has three years on his contract, and so I'm pretty sure the asking price starts at around $50 million just to, like, even buy him out, not to mention his salary and all that stuff. So Oh, I'm saying minimum 80 It starts at 80 Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big price tag. So there's only a couple teams that can afford him, and Man City better watch out because, or you better watch out because Man City's got the money, and they're gonna have an open striker spot. I was just going to say, with Sergio Aguero leaving and Gabriel Jesus not producing the level that they're asking him to, you, I'm seeing, I'm saying either uh, Erling ha- Haaland, the the kid from the, Dortmund, yes, yeah, talk Come about on. a true true number nine. That guy scores goals. 82 over the past two seasons. That's just insane. Disgusting. It's it's disgusting. And uh, but he's on the top of a lot of people's lists. And um, there's just a couple others. But you know, Mancy's got the open spot, and so we'll see if they can fill the the void that Sergio Aguero is leaving. Well, Harry Kane already came out and said too. He's like, man, Kevin De Bruyne, best midfielder in the Premier League. He's like, oh, he, I love, I love the way he passes. Right. He's be like, you know, he'd be like, oh no, be ashamed to get passes from that guy. Exactly. So, we'll see. I agree with you there, but man, Ur- Erling Holland, real quick, that dude is a fucking monster. Dude, that was I, Norman team. I don't think I've ever seen somebody, especially so young as he is. He's not even twenty years old yet. That kid is just I he's twenty now. Yeah. But, I mean, he was a Champions League god at Belgrade Red Star before Dortmund got him and picked back up and didn't miss a beat last year. Even through the drop-off, their first game back, goals, 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 goals. This year, goals, 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 goals. I mean, he is – he's like – he reminds me of a wolf. If a wolf were a human and played soccer, that's him. I, he is just an absolute madman hunter. He's going into the box, and he's looking to take it. And he he's does. averaging more he, than one goal a game. In his career I know. at Dortmund, over one. It's that's fucking, just, it's fucking nuts. That's unheard of. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it makes fucking Bayern Munich look around like. <sighs> Except I they mean, have Lewandowski. They have Lewandowski, so I mean, I shouldn't. They're know. not too worried about it with Lewandowski. Lewandowski literally just broke Gerd Moller's 40-year scoring record in the Bundesliga with his 41st goal, and he got it in like fucking stoppage time at the end, of, at the very last game. Yeah, like, but I mean, that's how you're supposed to do it if it's the record for the past so many years. That's just nuts, man. I mean, Lewandowski has been 
he's perfect again, for Bayern up there. Munich. Yeah. Great striker. So, yeah, that's about all I got for that one. Sam, close us out here strong. What you got on the front of uh, In the Ring and In the Octagon, my friend? Oh, man. In the Ring, there's really only one thing that happened. Uh, well, two things, but it happened late today and yesterday. Uh, so, Patrick Clark, uh, Velveteen Dream and NXT has been officially released by the company. Uh, he hasn't been seen on WWE television for the better part of a year after several allegations came out about him online uh, involving sexual conduct with minors. Uh, so he got immediately yanked from TV, but was never officially fired, was still around the PC, uh, was still active behind the scenes. Uh, he was officially fired on Wednesday and then also fired this week was Adnan Verks. Adnan Verk is a MLB TV like host uh, who had been brought in after WrestleMania to take over the lead announcing position on Monday Night Raw. Uh, seven weeks after he officially accepted that position, he is no longer with the company and they have officially, or not officially, but there are rumors going around that his replacement uh, is going to be an individual named Jimmy Smith, who is a former commentator for the UFC and Bellator. Uh, this guy is really knowledgeable about combat sports and has that like that tempo and that tenor down to commentate the sport, explain what's going on as a color commentary guy without stepping on the performers and getting in the way, which is a big issue that a lot of people have had with Adnan's commentary is that it's a lot of like reactions and he doesn't really seem to know what's going on in the ring or why these storylines are important uh but this guy uh jimmy smith has that experience of knowing uh the moves he's a professional he's a former professional mma fighter himself with a overall record of six and one so it'll it'll be interesting to see how he does in that new role and his first episode of raw will be this coming monday excellent very good well, anything else you got for me, boss? Nope, that does it. All right. Well, one more thing going back to the soccer. Uh, of course, my new segment that I like to do called Yay Sports, inspired by all of your partners out there in your life that watch sports with you just because they think it's cool. They don't know what's going on. They like it because you like it. Yay Sports. <laughs> so, of course, inspired by whatever my girlfriend gives me this week. This week, it is a TikTok reminding us of the time that Diego Maradona rest in peace to him while he was still the manager down in South America after the stint is um, after the 2018 world cup, he took a job down in South America as a manager in one of those countries, Argentina, somewhere in there. Anyways, there you go. Where, where was it at? Yeah, dude. So the TikTok, his dealer comes into the fucking into the where he's sitting, delivers him his Coke mid game because we know Diego loved the white stuff. God bless his soul, man. He loved it. So he delivers his Coke mid game and the coaching staff stands up and like shields him. Like, you know, like when the little (laughs) league in little league, when you take your pants off and you like fix yourself or whatever, and your friends stand in front of you. They're doing that, but he's blowing lines. <laughs> just, I've seen that. Have, That's insane. I have seen that. Bag. I guess someone's got to send it to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Let me find it real quick because it is fucking hilarious. Hold on real quick. 
I got a Yay Sports too. Hit me uh, with it. Because I just want to let everyone know who, like, especially those people who don't like sports but like anime, they really got to gotta go on to and look up uh, Shoei Otani. Otani? Shohei Otani? Because he is the, like, ultimate, like, Japanese idol turned professional ace slash home run hitter. He's, like, the all-in-one best thing because not only did he have tommy john surgery last year so he didn't pitch this year we're seeing him pitch and he's being pretty dominant too i think he's already got uh three wins on his three out of i think it's like three out of six games he's got wins i that could be wrong but he's also over 10 home runs for the season too so if you're looking for a baseball person to follow and you like uh anime i always think every time i see him i think of that so yay sports yay sports I can't find it right now, but I'll find it and I'll send it to you. But yeah, man, he literally like, yeah, they, just, sure. they just shield him and you can just tell he's railing one up in there. That's funny. It's hilarious. Mid game. How do you think uh, he got Shohei down Shohei Otani has one win on this season so far. Oh, out of, how many starts does he have? Uh, six games, one win. What's okay. his record? Uh, five and three for his MLB career. This season, what's his record? Just one and zero. One and zero. Yeah. Okay, so he hasn't okay. really lost him, but he no. hasn't. I don't think he's been pitching hundred pitch a game. No, no, he's he's. If he's pitching, he's usually out in the fourth or the fifth. I mean, it's okay. I understand that, but <laughs> bless you. Thank you. Yeah, man, we still need somebody to DH at the end of the fucking game. Get in there. Like. But how many dudes can say they've struck out somebody and hit a home run in the same game? Exactly. Not a lot or of guys. In the same inning. Dude, in the same inning? That's disgusting. That's a ne- That inning goes in like a special moment place because holy shit. Honestly, I'm super surprised he didn't go to a, um, an NL team because an NL team, he could just shine because every day that he's – I mean, I guess he'd only be able to play one-fifth of the time, but – Imagine him and Madison Bumgarner. Bro. Good guy. Yeah, I, I think that's part of why he's in the AL is he he is he's a fantastic pitcher. He's very talented, but he has so much more upside on the offensive side of the ball that they, they want to be able to keep him in the rotation even if he's not starting on the mound. Right. Right. You're totally right. I would agree. He he's a very it's like the ultimate cheat code if you need a relief guy. Or if you need like a pinch like Hey man, the number five pitcher this today is uh he scratched him. We need somebody, and they're like, mm-hmm. "All right, put Shohei out there. It's fine. Fuck it." Absolutely. Well, he D- doesn't he DH whenever he's not pitching. Yes, and it's, it's like a lot fucking, of the time. Yes, and that dude's a hell of a DH too. So yeah, he can rake. That's yep. like I said, for all the you ladies out there looking for a, all you ladies out there looking for a, a new favorite player. Shohei Otani. Shohei, that yeah, he's probably my favorite player in baseball right now. Garcia, never mind. <laughs> I mean, he's cool. I I like Adolis Garcia. I love him actually. He's been hitting great for us. But you gotta love. Know. There's something you have to love about a 28 year old rookie. Right. Right. It happens. It happens a lot in the MLB though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but not as many 28-year-old rookies come in and actually produce as you think they do. Right. There's a reason you're a 28-year-old rookie. 
Yes. Most of the time. A lot of the time, those guys are like the, the utility infielder who sits for 130 games. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think starting the season he was the... No, he wasn't starting 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 the season, but he he is now. I mean, you got to put him in there. Absolutely. Somewhere. Exactly. You got to get him on the field. Yeah. That's all we got time for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. A big shout out to my boy, Nathan Sources. Thanks for coming on the show with us, buddy. Sam, as always, nice to have you as well, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, buddy. Anytime. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Chivo Effect. Leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It'll really help us out. And until then, we'll see you guys later. Bye.